The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals, and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The physical universe is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On. A show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network and BBN. The focus is on you. By PodSquadPDX.com, painless podcasting. And by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere through Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. Get ready to go where many, many nerdy podcasts have gone before. That's right, kids. The boys are headed out into the infinite void, the eternal black abyss, the never-ending emptiness. Oh, and they're going to talk about space, too. I'm your cool fruit, Mr. Brumage. Grab your towel. You know where your towel is, right? Here's your away team. Chief Podcast Engineer, Montgomery Scott, the Ancient Swamp Guru, Dr. Mark, and the red-shifted schizoid android, Ty. Carlos, where's my towel? What'd you do with my towel? Bring that towel back. I need it. And welcome back to the brave new world of Keep Your Hat On. Mm. I am Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson (laughs) and Ty Robert Anthony. Hey, and we are Chrysalis here today. Chrysalis here today. Mr. Vacano is busy doing the Lord's work, and by that I mean uh, doing what it takes to keep paying his mortgage. Uh, He (laughs) is uh, working diligently on a project, and he uh, sends his regards, etc., etc. But we're (laughs) all old, and so we're sitting around talking about the cost of reading glasses. Yeah, how messed up is this? Is how how things have fallen. This is what's happening. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, it is what it is. Reading are you now? But so now, okay. So I got both. I got both. Are you prescriptions or just like are they just readers? I know I have to have prescription readers now. Okay, so you have astigmatism now too, or that happened about my astigmatism started showing up about ten years ago. And about oh, yeah, five yeah. years ago, I crossed over that threshold to where um, standard plus one, plus one and a half, et cetera, et cetera, reading glasses <laughs> and, were just like so negative nothings. They just did not. I'd, I'd have been better off holding up a yeah. thing I had to read on the other side of a fishbowl. So you can't just get, you get on a Walgreens anymore nope, and like nope, through, nope. run through the rack. And But uh, before we started the show, I was telling Mark and Ty that uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, I discovered, I saw an article on uh, NPR. And it was a small investigative piece on, quite frankly, the sham and scam that is oh. eyeglass sales and manufacture. And so I, uh, what I do and what I've done f- with good effect for the last, gosh, 10 years, I go out, I go to an app, you know, an actual op, I can't remember. Wait, optometrists deal with glasses. Ophthalmologists do your eye check. Ophthalmology, man, is the, it's yeah. the doctor, doctor. Right, right. So I go and I actually get my prescription checked. I walk out with a paper prescription and I walk mm. right through the little, you know, the, the forest of glasses and I go back <laughs> into my vehicle, go home, get online to a very good online uh, reading and uh, distance looking glasses mm. uh, shop. And for, I don't think I paid more than $40 for a pair of glasses in the last 10 years. And they work the same. They look the same. Uh, I I look as much a nerd (laughs) in these as I would in any other glasses. But I'm I'm staring down that lens. (laughs) See what I did there, lens? Uh, (laughs) I'm staring down the the barrel of uh, having to get um, progressives. I'm, I'm oh, yes. on and off and on and off and wearing and two pairs of glasses is going to be where the trick is. So <clears throat> I wear progressives <laughs> mm-hmm. and I did go through, you know, one of the online 
uh, uh, stores for, for my frames. So you go through, you go through an online service and, and I I had problems. And then I I was like, man, these, I got them and they, they were just really, really weird. And so that I, I took them to the optometrist. Was that your first pair of progressives ever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she looked at it Uh after, after having done my uh, prescription, they looked (laughs) at it and they went, yeah, you know, they kind of got this wrong. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I sent it back and then they sent them back and I took it straight to the optometrist. Nope. They still got it wrong. So yeah, see, I've had that happen too. I had exactly the same thing happen with my uh, first set of, my second set of, the first set of progressives, I went to the actual optometrist and they were great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just what she was saying was. Ty, um, how long ago was that? Oh, that was three years ago. Okay, so? so that was, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty recent. I was wondering if maybe you did it 10, 15 years ago when they were no, they were just starting no. to offer the manufacturer uh, of progressive no. lenses. Yeah, but. she was saying that that in her experience, um, that I am not the only person that has had this uh, uh, this thing happen. The, the progressives just don't seem to come back uh, Accurately. Uh, as prescribed. You know, they have to actually, huh. you know, they look at, they put the glasses on you and they put the dot on the thing to, to track your pupil when you go in, right? And well, I had maybe like, that's, that's the missing no, I had sauce. All the, I had all those yeah. measurements and everything you else. You did all that and they still got huh. it wrong. And they still got it wrong. No, well, I'm once kind again, of in worse shape than both of you because I'm <laughs> even older. And um, it's really, it's, so my progressives I use for driving, that, that's actually pretty straightforward. The ones I'm, I'm wearing right now. Strict readers? Um, well, uh, bifocals baby uh, and i went with old school bifocals because um and it was really interesting trying to talk them out of giving me progressives that was hilarious because well, with progressives because when you read as much as i do right when you have progressives you have to move your head a little bit to keep the mm-hmm. field in focus oh no 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 yeah baby and so uh-uh. when you read as much as i do you, i don't want to do that man i want my eye to go back and forth so i got a nice big piece of glass on the bottom I took a I took a tape measure, so my my ophthalmologist always jokes with me. Um, bottom one is set for sixteen inches, which is the top of the desk. So if I'm grading here, <clears throat> the other one is set for twenty three, twenty four inches, which is where my monitor. Just yeah, okay. So this is like, they think that's just the funniest thing ever. Well, but there you are. <laughs> they can laugh all they want, just as long. There as must you can be see. ophthalmology jokes that we don't know about, right? Oh, I imagine you know there is. I gotta there go get be. my. I gotta go get my prescription. Um, my my prescription updated, and I got to get some new glasses. I will ask. Ask about the jokes, right? Hey, yeah, we are yeah. on the, the case. We yeah, are. We, we, have we all are we all old enough to have uh, have been scoped yet? Because uh, <laughs> GI doctors have their own jokes too. I'm headed the there. Uh, I've had to put it off now for the last four years because oh, of pandemic. Ride, and yeah, oh, I haven't had the pleasure. <laughs> well, look, I've had so many things stuffed inside me over the last ten months. That uh, just so long as you, just so long as you call me yeah yeah, just so long as you call me pretty at the end of it I think I'll be all right. Tell you what, everybody, we'll take a quick break. We are going to come back, and when we do, we are going to space. Space on the Narrowband Broadcast Network. I'm Andrew. That's Dr. Mark. That's Ty. We'll be right back. See you. Bye. Hat Nation. Want to support the show and help it grow or, well, keep the lights on? Head on over to kyhopodcast.com slash shop and buy some cool swag. Shirts, phone cases, hoodies, and yeah, hats. I mean, duh. All proceeds go right into Andy's pocket. Uh, I mean, help keep KYHO in your ears. That's kyhopodcast.com slash shop. Go get some cool stuff, rep the show, and as always, keep your hat on. Which is a lot easier when, you know, you have a hat, right? And we are back on Keep Your Hat On, and we are going where no podcast has gone before. Actually, that is a blatant lie. So many. I don't know if we got to pay royalties for that. At least, spoiler. Yeah, uh, I'm sure many, 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 many other podcasts have gone here, but we have Damn not. It, Jim. So, 
it's new for us, right? Um, and, and I can tie this in interestingly with uh, going with my recent hospital adventures. We are talking, we're going to talk, hmm. cough, cough. We are going to talk Star Trek today for a little while. And um, it was brought to my attention by a really cool uh, nurse over at Legacy Mount Hood who is a huge Star Trek fan uh, that um, my they, they asked me if I was a Star Trek fan and I said, yeah, I am. And they were like, I assumed so because of your name. And I'm like, Err? and seriously, I was oh, that oh. I was I was that Andrew day years old. I was that day years old before I realized <laughs> That my full name, for you know, disclosure purposes, my full name is Andrew Scott Montgomery. Yeah. And so I've got Montgomery Scott in my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, fifty-three years old, and it—that's it, when it clicked. was. Point, yeah, it was pointed out to me that oh my gosh, I'm Scotty. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mark, you've been watching the new Star Trek offerings. Uh, at some point, you told us that you had purposefully subscribe to the paramount streaming service so you can oh, keep yeah. up with picard actually for picard actually is the reason i did that but i also ended up uh, checking out uh, discovery right yeah which was kind of okay and I, um i've been hearing the kind of okay and slightly better than okay and see, more more than anything slightly better than anybody Dared to hope it could, could have, be. Could have imagined. Well, see, isn't that what this is? What happens, right? With every one of these franchises, now you're gonna, you're always looking for reasons why it's gonna suck. I think you start from that position. It's like, <laughs> you know, oh, they can't do this. This again. is gonna right? suck. Like, Prove me wrong. Not gonna do it. I was feeling this way, by the way. Um, the last two Marvel Avengers movies, right? Endgame, and then you know the the, the final mm-hmm. one. And I was waiting for them just to screw it up completely, and then they didn't. Uh, it's like shocking to me. Yeah. Um, but that's they, still all, that's still the Marvel stuff. That's still all Kevin Feige, isn't it? Yeah, they're still okay. making it. Well, but it's like, you know, I think just, we could start a, a range war here, but I think they screwed up the final star Wars, uh, one, frankly, I thought they kind of, kind <sighs> I of was okay with one. it. Yeah. I would have done it, it differently, but I was yeah. okay with it. When they, when, when they're on the ground there, I can't remember whether it was the last star Wars or I think it was the last star Wars, uh, uh, or maybe it was rogue one. I can't remember. Where they pick up the red sand. Oh, that's in that's the second to the last one. And yeah. they go, Oh, this is salt. And I'm like, as a viewer, I didn't need to I mean, yeah, I was kind of yeah, wondering mm-hmm. what the redness was, yeah. but I didn't need to know why are you putting that in yeah, there? Crazy stuff. Well, so I'm um Picard, uh, there were people oh, some people lost their con- their just lost their shit about Picard uh, in the uh, right-wing blogosphere because <laughs> there was some fairly wokey uh, stuff going on in there. It turns out that the two female leads, uh, including Seven of Nine, let me just say that, um, decided to convert the relationship into a gay relationship. Also known as a relationship. As Also known as a relationship. And the beauty of this was, apparently they were at um, they were at some other premiere together, and they were standing next to each other. And um, they saw themselves on camera, and they said, we look like the hottest lesbian couple ever. We should put that into the show. Into the show. And, and they and heard it, in their head, make it so. And it was, yes, make ah, it so. Ah, and it, ah. it worked great. It was hilarious and cute, actually charming, right? Yeah. Um, but there are people just, just lost them. It's like woke. And then um, another spoiler for those of you who haven't seen it, because um, there's time travel, they go back in time. Mm. Uh, and uh, a young Guinan shows up. Oh, wow. Oh. Which was, yeah. And Guinan, and Whoopi Coldberg was like my favorite character, I think, in, oh, in a lot of yeah, ways. Oh, yeah. For right? a long time. And so, but at the end of this particular one, Things are going bad on Earth. It's before the World War III stuff that gets happening. and Oh, you mean last week? <laughs> well, <clears throat> we'll find out. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Guinan is actually getting ready to take to, to leave because she just can't stand the racial bullshit anymore on Earth. And, she, and it's like, this just, la- this just launched That's them a into plot like a total fucking frenzy. <laughs> anyway, but so Picard was awesome. Uh, it t- the end tied together in such beautiful ways. And I won't even tell you, there's a couple of, of Easter eggs right at the end that just 
killed me. They were awesome. Well, I know one of them, and I'm tempted to oh. let it out, but I'm not oh. going to because I haven't oh, no. watched it now. I haven't watched it yet. You can I, sharpen no, me no, up gotta, here a little gotta, bit. Is this a limited series, or is this? Yeah, they uh, just did. There were like seven or eight episodes okay. altogether. Okay. It was the second season of like the – they did one before. Right. And That's so this what is I was, a follow-up. Okay. Oh, I can – here, and this is not a surprise. So um, this whole last season with Picard, <laughs> Q shows up. And yes. John Luke, of course he does. And it's like, it's cause that's how they started the seas, the series, yeah. right? It was with Q. So that, I think, I think they had the ideas. Let's finish this off with Q. So, so do we Q, get, do we get closure, closure or oh, do we beautiful. get, okay. All no, right. That, it's I'm a gonna, beautiful thing, man. And it's, yeah, it's and, done. It's not coming back. Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. Well, I don't think so. You know, it, okay. it, 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 it was so cleverly crafted it was really the, the plot lines and stuff were really well done well and well, they did a started, nice job of timing it so that um you know uh brave new worlds the new star trek uh uh series oh, yeah, just started is, with, is, pike, is, with christopher with, pike with chris christopher pike and so yeah it's a nice yeah. it's a nice handoff and you're getting some closure but at the same time you're moving forward but you're not because you're actually moving back in the history yeah. uh, so there's a kind of beautiful retro feel to the thing too, right? Because it's like you don't you don't just solve everything by going to a faster warp speed. They actually had to sort of think their way through things. And there's a beautiful. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, but it's one of the things that 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 has has locked me in now. Is uh, it's on on Pike's ship. Um, they got a woman who looked exactly like the old, the number one from the original Star Trek pilot. If you remember, I that. saw Actually, the pictures oh, of yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. I literally Actually, it was did kind of double take. Yeah, um, it was the um, um, the woman who married Roddenberry, right? Um, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariel Roddenberry. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, Nurse Chapel later, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and then, but, of um, course, Mom later on Next Generation. Even so, right? And, oh, and the that. voice and the voice of of, of the, the computer. computer. Yeah. So yeah, Marjorie Barrett, uh, just there you go. absolutely. I still got a thing for her. But so that's cool. So uh, uh, they have a young Uhura showing up on her first assignment, and it's like she's finally going to get because you know we all everybody loved Uhura, right? I mean, and she was she was awesome, was she? and, she and was we the, always had virtually yeah. no story. We had no real backstory. We had no right. character oh, development. She's getting she her backstory. Kind of this, she, yeah, yeah, she's going to get her backstory. Well, they're developing her backstory. Okay, and it's like you know people forget about this too. It's like you know, um, I've been talking to I don't know. It's like you get to a certain age and you start reflecting on how fast things have changed because especially with all of the the storm and drong that we're getting these days about oh you know things are so woke and it's like there's this bad this idea that things have gone too far. It's like, you know, when I was 10, um, women still didn't have their own names. Right. My mom was, I remember asking my mom, this is like, my mom was Mrs. Dr. Raymond Peterson. Mm. And I said, why do they call you that? And she goes, that's just what they do, honey. It's like, yeah. why? That's stupid. And of course, then my mom broke out of that whole mess. But yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like uh, people forget how important Uhuru's character was in terms of being on television. Oh, no shit. And you know and, what I mean? And, I mean, there's a, there's a really famous story. The whole um, thing. And, and I don't mean apocryphal. I mean, this is verified over and over again. The whole history of Star Trek as a, as a production and a broadcast is yeah. fascinating. It had virtually no chance to survive its first season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was the biggest risk that Desilu Productions ever took. Oh, that's they had right. been Lucy known, pushed it. They had been known for very safe uh, content up until that point. Hmm. But both um, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball went, you know what? This is groundbreaking. We are going to do this and we're not going to take no for an answer. And they were bounced by every network there was. They had a couple sweetheart deals with networks for production at the time. And they all went, we want nothing to do with this craziness. Thank you very much. Right, right. And they kept on pushing until they got it in. They did the first season. And of course, so many people back then were going, what in the hell is this nonsense? Yeah, I remember they bombed, right? I mean, they, they, they really- did. The first season was out. awful. And if I well, remember right, and of course- on the second or third they were be they that 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 blade was being held over their heads and one of the most significant aspects of that was everybody and leonard i if i remember right i heard this first from leonard nimoy uh in an interview 
where they were all, all the cast was running around getting their CVs together going, we're not coming back. We're not coming back. Right. And then they suddenly got picked up. Well, Orhura was still on the edge of, do I come back or not? Mm. And one Mm. of the biggest fans of Star Trek at the time was a guy named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, I didn't know that really. <laughs> and he was a got fan. a hold of <clears throat> her people and said, you must come back. Oh, Do wow. you realize you are the only example of a black woman mm-hmm. with intellect and agency on television? There are millions of little black girls in this country watching you and if you give up and suddenly disappear it would be a great blow to what we're trying to accomplish and so seriously if you like ohura you really need to thank dr martin luther king jr story i didn't know that yeah and i'm yeah i kind of have my mind blown by that but yeah they came back for the second season because i vaguely remember that one of the last episodes of the first season was the trouble with tribbles and that really that, you know, I mean, that's both a high point and a low point for all Trek fans because it's what? one of the most what? ridiculously absurd, what? stupid episodes, but it's I also one of the, the most beloved <laughs> episodes. What are you talking but about? That's People just are it. naming their Scotty. What did you do with the tribbles? Come on, come on, come on. But that's, that's it. That's the dichotomy. There is that yeah, it's the silliest, one of the silliest things they did. But it's become beloved because it's so stupid and so well, silly. And, and let's let's not forget that they just simply vanished from the television universe for years, right? And they right. Only, yeah, the only reason they, they came back was in syndication later. Yeah, on UHF and, stations. And, but, for, yeah, and this is like, I'm talking about by like 1975 or 6. So this is like, you know, years after they yeah. disappeared. But then, ho-ho. Boom, off it syndication, goes. Right? And you know, syndication the in movies. the 70s, yeah. then we have a movie. Yeah. And then yeah. the you know, the thing that you brought up, Mark, about certain aspects of the right suddenly getting their, you know, oh, just their, crazed mo- their about stuff things. in yeah. a bunch. Yeah. If you know anything about Star Trek and you know anything about Gene Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry was woke before woke. Oh, yeah. He, you know, his whole thing about Trek was if we want a better world. We need to start visualizing a better world. Oh, absolutely. We need to start showing the potential of what a better world looks like. And it's amazing he took how it his own mission to do that. Yeah. 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 It's it's remarkable to me. And and it's I <laughs> if I were being very aggressive about this argument, I would just say, you mean something like liberty and justice for all? Oh, pshaw. <laughs> I'm too easy. Too easy. Right. I mean, I just the, I am just always amazed at how how ingrained it is in our culture on oh. a world basis. I mean, everything from flip phones. Right. right? I learned uh, my first lesson of uh, under promise over deliver from Scotty uh, in the next generation. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Where he tells a great he, scene. He's talking to LaForge. Is LaForge? that the one? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> Right, that's that we the all one. know that, by the way, is really yeah. black. It's an exactly tell them exactly yeah. how long to the writers for that one that burnt it into our consciousness. <laughs> we all know, we all know that one. <laughs> Never. You just always tell them it's going to take longer than it really does. Uh, and I loved LeVar Burton, and then he goes, but what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of me. I'm uh, uh, staring at the camera going, uh, uh, oh, I oh, get it. I get it now. I now. Yeah. That's well, how and, I made you know, myself look like a hero. I don't think that the impact <laughs> that, and I mean, yeah, you know, we live in a world where there are two science fiction franchises. There's Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, and of course, you know, yeah. that's not minimizing all the rest of them. What you I'm better, saying is you that. You better say it, Doctor. Who? Yeah. That's <sighs> different, in my opinion. That's different. Yeah, um, that's a whole and, different category. And there's Doctor Who news coming up here in the show as Absolute well. I, I'm going to throw that in there. A couple of them. But, uh, to, you know, we've got the Star Trek camp and the Star Wars camp. And there are, you know, many people who waffle between both. I'm of the both. Um, you know, for me, Star Wars has always been more a Joseph Campbell story. 
Star oh, it is Trek. explicitly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's like certain pages have just been ripped oh, out no, of you our can, myth. You know, the, it's the very first one, especially. Uh, it's all it's very, right out of Heroes of Hero the Thousand it, Faces. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, in defense of George Lucas, he, in so many words, has kind of... Oh no, said, he's said that he's a number of said times. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, he, yeah, he's explicit about yeah, it. He's, yeah, he's, he's said not, it's, he's it's pretty around. much yeah. half Joseph Carroll, uh, Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth, and the other half is you know is Rise Westerns. of the Samurai. It is, oh, okay, is, is, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can call it a samurai western, and it still work. You know, yeah, well, it was. Um, he, was, he was taking the the samurai soap or the samurai opera kind of little bits scene, yeah right because this was but, you this know was supposed to be an opera without music kind of what. What Star Star Wars was was more space opera, and space opera is an actual genre mm. and a term yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Star yeah. Trek was always more. Uh, uh, again, it was it was futurism. It was more based mm. in science, more based in reality, and had its share of kind of quirky elements, but they were always kind of minimized. They were never, there were, there were never really many MacGuffins in Star Trek. Yeah. I, I always thought that, that one of the differences too, is like, it's not quite as stark as this, but, um, Star Trek figured out like uh, immediately that it, it was about the character studies, right? Yeah. So it's like, you can't have, you can't have Kirk without McCoy and Spock, right? The three of them. That was the whole function of the show was to right. present that that interaction, and they've they've kept that stuff, you know, even to this day. Now they've broadened it out, right? So you have, and you know, with the reboot especially, they've broadened that out. Yeah, but um, and I think a little bit more the uh, the Star Wars characters were sort of fulfilling the function of certain kinds of characters, right? Almost like formal formal character st- structures, you know, what you'd expect to have happen. Yes. Whereas in Star Trek, I think it was more, it has more, it's, it, it had a more human feel to it to me always. I totally agree with that. And I think mm. one of the other dynamics in play that I've always found very interesting between the two of them is that Star Trek is, well, no, I'll go the other direction. Star Wars is an illustration of the power of the individual to come together as a team. Mm. That's mm-hmm. number one, why you've got one of the main protagonists and heroes being called solo. Um, but they come together in spite of their differences to form a team that accomplishes the hero's goal. Star Mm -hmm. Trek always led with the idea of teamwork and unification and, and the, the sum of all people being greater than just one alone, but that when it came down to it, the one person in a team could step up and be a hero. They and did I a nice job are, in the, they did a nice job with that. Remember it's like, um, the good of the many outweighs the good of the good few, of, yeah. or the one. Yeah. And then they flipped it around completely. Remember, you know, yes. because the good of the one outweighs the good of the many. And I, and yes. that's, I think th- those are nice dichotomies, you know, in both of these cases, it's, but, so now I, I, I have a completely jaundiced lens. <laughs> I see what I, you did I there. See, you combined both which, of our stories, jaundice and which, lenses. Through which, through which, I think you're going to cut the jaundice discussion, aren't you? Are we going to? I don't talk even about think it jaundice? actually made it in, but it could okay. be a bonus we, no, we, reel. People do not need to know. Yeah, we could probably put that on a bonus reel. <laughs> you want to? You want to hear about yellow journalism? That would be yellow podcasting, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh wow! Oh, man. Yes, yes, write that down. I keep on forgetting wow. to put my rim shot sound effect wow. in there. All Sorry I got about is, that, kids. I just got crickets. That's all I got. I'm unable to. We didn't need them today. Yeah. Um, we, no, uh, we stumbled I, upon the formula when Chris is gone. We don't need <laughs> no crickets. No, I'm kidding, Chris. We love you. We're kidding, Chris. Um, the, um, I'm unable to see these things except as like framing. So this is the fancy language, right? Framing narratives, right? Yeah. Which is, and a narrative, it, the function of that um, is to put you into relationship with things. And so, you know, the, your narrative are the Star Trek and Star Wars narratives put you into relationship with the universe in very specific kinds of ways. And, you know, you, you can believe it because of the number of people who go to the conventions dressed up as those mm. characters, right? Mm. They actually literally put on the character, uh, on themselves as a way yeah. of putting literally themselves into relationship. Yeah. yeah. Physically they do it. It's really fascinating too. Um, and it's like these narratives you were talking about before, it's like, you know, they came up all the stuff they've come up with just simply broadened our minds 
he said, segueing, broadened our minds to, you know, the possibility of new ideas, right? You know, our cell phones are, are essentially, are essentially um, communicators, right? Yeah. And um, we're working I had on that laser with my devices. Ra- I had that with my flip phone. The first thing I did when I got my flip phone was figured out how so I you could make a tricorder it, sound when yeah, it when you, open. when you flip it open. <laughs> I admit and it that. also, it's like, the other thing too is the idea that we're not alone in the universe, right? I mean, that seemed to be quite the um well, quite th- the impression. Yeah, you think about it, it was first developed. I mean, you know, Roddenberry had the idea for Star Trek kicking around since I think about yeah, I want to say it was about fifty nine or so. I think that's and then, right, actually. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so that that takes him all the way through the space race, all the way through both Gemini and and Mercury. He did pitch it as a Western in space. Yeah, he did. That Originally, was the wording yeah. that he used. It's like a Western in space. Well, okay. So I was thinking that, you know, one of the, one of the framing pieces of this too, and this is, I think this, this came up actually when, when, you know, Ronald Reagan at one point mentioned, it's like, you know, what if there are extraterrestrials, right? What are we going to do about that? And it, 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 you know, some of the discussions I remember having back in those days Fuck was Republicans always. Well, I know, right? and, <laughs> always yeah. with the foreigners, <laughs> always with the foreigners. <laughs> you know, Superman was a foreigner. Okay, right? I'm just saying, right? Exactly. A refugee, by the way. Yeah. Um. But um. And of course, he's Moses. But that's a whole different, different. category. It's a different thing. So um. No. Uh. It's really interesting if you think this thing through, though, because here's like so. Here are our two choices. Either we're alone in the universe. Right. Which seems unlikely, but let's say we are. If that's the case, we should probably like sit up straight and act like fucking adults. Do you know what I mean? If we're the and only not, and, and not shit our bed every day and not clean thing, it yeah, up. We, is that what you're saying? Ones, if we're the only ones here, we again with probably, the woke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's one. The alternative is that that there they might be a gazillion uh, other kinds of uh, critters and beings out there floating around in space. And in that case, you see that nothing changes for us because if that's true, we also better sit up straight and start acting well, like freaking adults, right? the whole thing is there's a huge, huge underlying ego trip with that, right? In both mm-hmm. of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Either yeah. one, we're all alone and hey, we're all alone, right? Mm-hmm. We're special. And that translates into oh, a Oh, I wasn't going for special. I was going twisted for karma. Like, I was going for we're we're fragile, man. That's where I was headed. Or too yeah. well. That's not the way everybody else would see. It, no, right? I'm an idiot. I know that's true. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's not you, true. I, hey, to use another Zen trope, you're a useful idiot at least. I'm a and I'm uh, I'm an optimist, which is like <laughs> even weirder as I get older. But go on. And I'm sorry, Ty. Go on. That second one. That yeah. second one is even more full of ego, or just as full of ego. Oh. There's, there's space, there's, there's more beings out there. Oh, they're coming to get us. We're important enough to be watched. We're pets. We're, come on. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I can't remember uh, which, which comedian did it, but come somebody's on. got, somebody's got a thing where it's just like, yeah, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. You are one of the most technologically advanced um, <laughs> set of beings in yeah. the universe. You cross galaxies to get here, and then you hide. All you do is <laughs> all you do is watch us from a down. De- what are we going to do if if we can barely even get off the planet? You're just going to mm-hmm. hide. No, man, you just fucking at show best, up. At best, what it is is they come swinging by. Uh, you know, Sunday driving, day tripping, right? <laughs> what was the and name they of just that? Look what was at the name the hairless, of that? They look at the hairless apes and they go, ha, 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 mm-hmm. ha, 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 yeah. And the, I mean, we're like a zoo exhibit. Yeah. Once, again, <laughs> once again, we are close stucky on the, inf- on the super highway uh, where you can't even go and get a pecan roll. For me, what this always does is sends me back. I remember hairless my mom. Hairless apes that still think digital watches are a pretty cool. Hey, idea. they are. Oh. Kind of neat. Um, my mom one year for Christmas got me a Gary Larson Farside uh, calendar, and to this day, it is my absolute favorite Gary Larson panel. It is a uh, a, a one panel picture, classic flying saucer, really tall, long ladder, bunch of people gathered down at the bottom. There is an alien with like three eyes on stalks laying face down on the dirt at the bottom of the ladder. And there's like another alien up top with a few other alien attaches behind him going, way to go, Gary, way to fill him <laughs> with, with, with absolute awe. 
Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to move out of the Star Wars Star Trek universe. We're going to head to other parts unknown here on the Narrowband Broadcast Network. I'm Andy. That's Ty. That is Dr. The Mark. The truth is out there. I was just going to say, what what should we call ourselves here? We should be. I um, want to believe. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be Commander Schlock. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, because you're, you're definitely, Mark, you're definitely more a, a Vulcan than either. Uh, oh, I'm I, afraid I, so. I yeah, I'm yeah. Afraid. Except That's that true. he's a doctor. So now he's just Dr. Mark. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't know. It, Jim. Uh, right. I'll come back with better <laughs> jokes on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. No, you do. No, you're right. I Hey everybody, Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com nbbn, Please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell, your potted fern about the show and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time and we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, Let's get back to the show. And hello and welcome back to segment number three. I think it's segment number three. I don't know. We're getting a little bit no, tiny-wimey here. <laughs> this is segment segment Sigma. Um, I'm Andrew what's Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson and Ty Robert Anthony on behalf of Chris uh, uh, on behalf of Christopher Vacano, mm. who's too busy to hang out with the likes of us. So one of the other big things that has happened, of course, in science fiction is we have us a brand new doctor and we are returning back to some classic aspects of doctor who of course russell t davies was the originator of doctor who in the rebuild or excuse me um not russell t davies he was the second writer um stephen moffat there we go um was the uh the person who brought it back and then it went to russell t davies and then of course it went to chris chibnall who is up until that time most famous for uh, broad church and that is how we got our first female doctor but now we are going back to the original writer of doctor who and the original showrunner of doctor who and we have another first we have us the first person of color full-time doctor we did have a renegade doctor lost in time on the planet earth who was a person of color and was a woman but now we have our very first real full-time Doctor Who, uh, who is, and I'm going to pronounce the name right, Gatwa is our yeah. new Doctor. He is a an incredible actor, um, and I, uh, this is, again, I don't watch TV, so I'm terribly uh, behind the times on this, but everybody that I know that watches Sex Education says oh, that yeah. in Kudigawa is the best thing on television in years and years and years. And they are our new doctor. And so we are getting our yeah. first person of color, Dr. Who. And awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where Dr. Who is, it has been such a cultural touchstone for so many of us. And, and both Dr. Mark and I literally <laughs> grew up watching Dr. Who. There are a few things in my life earlier as a memory. You got me by 10 and some years, so you have a little bit more ability to reach back in time. But um, I can't, you know, I can't claim to have gone in with Dr. One, right? But, I, uh, only did in, <clears throat> I only did in reruns. In reruns. I was a Tom Baker. Uh, I'm a, I remain Tom a Tom Baker. Baker. Oh. I have a terrible soft spot for John Pertwee. 
Oh, the, the frilly <laughs> okay. doctor who got trapped on Earth and had yeah, to yeah, bum yeah. around with the rest oh, of us with a full time yeah. job and shit. I thought oh, no, that, I that was a great with spin that, with the long, long scarf, scarf and, and, of course, and, and of course, and Peter and, Davidson, and the rock star you know, hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was way beyond Peter. rock star hair, though. Yeah, that was Davidson was it was impossible for me because I had watched the original BBC version of All Creatures Great and Small. Right, so it's Tristan Farnan all the time, and I, you can't unsee that. I couldn't get you past can wear it. as much celery on your chest as you want, <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, still yeah, a really bad alcoholic so veterinarian. That's I'm really looking what forward to the new doctor. And if he's where, my only real concern is whether or not there, the scarf will reappear. Frankly, that's my soul. well, you know, you've got a chance because. It's so this iconic, just though. dropped today ah. because we're coming up on the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Now, <laughs> all you Whovians, <laughs> if you remember back to the 50th anniversary a number of years ago, uh, nine to be exact, Andy, um, we got a doctor that we didn't know we had skipped over. And that was the war doctor, the 12th oh, doctor, the who was doctor. played by the, the late. And when I say late, great, I mean great much bigger than late the late great actor john hurt john hurt um Mm -hmm. played the war doctor yeah but what we've got now is an announcement that for the 60th anniversary celebration of doctor who david tennant and Catherine tate are going to be part of oh something we don't know. Oh, it's going gonna... to be. It's going to be in the show. It's going to be in whatever it is. Probably a two-hour kind of thing. Uh, but they have been confirmed to be coming back. And um, you know, Tenet has come back now. What twice or three times he but was. You know, those have always been great episodes when they overlap doctors, right? And it might be you know? fan yeah. service. Oh, yeah. You can tell yeah, me yeah, all yeah. you want about fan service. I don't care i like being yeah. made to feel good and go yay they're back yeah. kind of yeah, thing yeah, you yeah. know as long as it's done in a tasteful way well not only that just so long as it's done in a tasteful way that actually services the story as much as the fans oh absolutely absolutely and that's what i mean by tasteful right okay that's All what right. Uh, that's what i mean by an, tasteful. Appro- an appropriate way well one of the other things space related that came up this week that has mm. been uh absolutely fascinating to me is for the first time in our history, we have an optical image of what the black hole in the center of the Milky Way galaxy looks like. And not only do we have an idea of what it looks like, this is proof that it's there. Um, for years and years and years, well, actually, I'll start, uh, I'll start this. So we've theorized that black holes have existed for quite a while. The actual mm-hmm. first... The first significant scientific references to the idea of what a black hole would be span all the way back to around 1932, 33. Um, Einstein hated the idea of black holes. Oh, yeah. Just said, I, I, I refuse to believe that these things are real, even though my math and my theories point to them. He just thought yeah, that they yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, because his, 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 I mean, this black hole is at the center of a lot of his work. Well, it, it is, it is a good point. Well played. Um, but it is in spite of his absolute abhorrence to the idea. Um, you know, one of the big significant aspects of a black hole that goes against, um, physics is that we have, you know, everybody un- remembers from science class that um, Newtonian physics. You mean. Well, exactly. And I was going to make that <laughs> distinction um, that um, matter <clears throat> and energy can never be created nor destroyed. They just change states. One of the things that's necessitated by the idea of a black hole is, I mean, and we all think about matter and energy getting sucked into a black hole and we can kind of wrap our heads around that. But if you get down to the quantum level of things, quantum physics. Now we have a problem. We have a problem because matter and energy aren't just matter and energy. They're information. And information cannot be destroyed. And the idea of a black hole necessitates this. If the black hole is what we think of a black hole as on first blush, this idea of a singularity, 
a point in space and time that is so dense that not even light can escape. That's the classic idea of a black hole. (laughs) And the first black hole that we ever were able to discover by observational astronomy is Cygnus X1. And it was discovered in 1973, I think. Okay. Uh, And it's in the constellation Cygnus the Swan. And, um, you know, we, we later came to understand that it was part of a either binary or triune star system. Uh, and, um, we've been trying to find ways to see and understand black holes ever since then. And of course, you know, the, the most noted physicist for the, for people who just casually follow science is of, is of course, uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking. Um, and Stephen Hawking really had struggled with what was referred to as the information paradox that I was talking about, the idea that information cannot be destroyed. Um, he struggled with that up until he died. Um, and he even went so far as to, to say that in his, uh, in the last four years of his life, one of his main suppositions about information and black holes he came out and said, I was wrong. I made an error. The things, my, my model doesn't work here. But later on, we had discovered in M83, the, the M83 galaxy, um, we had discovered a set of stars that moved in an absolutely inexplicable way if you are measuring their movement with, as you were saying, Dr. Mark, Newtonian physics. It just wouldn't work. Right. Don't make no sense. And that was the first black hole that we ever actually imaged. And it was using multiple telescopes, multiple radio telescopes all over the globe. One of the interesting Mm -hmm. things about um, telescopic astronomy is that if you take a bunch of telescopes and you stick them all over the planet Mm -hmm. and you aim them at the same thing, you have effectively made a telescope the size of the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's how we did our first imaging of a black hole. That proved that this works. And over the last four works? or five years, the, 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 the telescopic array around the right, planet. Right, right, right. It, it worked in theory until it worked in practicality. And then uh-huh. four Yay. or five years ago, we decided, you know what? we need to aim it at our, the center of our galaxy. Right. right. And we'd seen, we've had suspicion because again, we were able to image the very center of the core of the Milky way, which is really hard to do because in the center of most galaxies, it's a mass of very closely packed stars, a bunch of interstellar gas and a bunch of other matter that just really shrouds the entire nucleus of a galaxy in this milky opaque thing. And we could see all these stars like doing U-turns and moving way too rapidly. And that really was, again, kind of a calling card of a black hole, but we couldn't image it. Right. Now, and we, we, we called our, we called this phenomena in the center of our galaxy, Sagittarius A asterisk, mm-hmm. or uh, more commonly referred to as Sagittarius A star. They have just released as of what, like five days ago? Yeah. Um, the first imaging, and it looks exactly like the first black hole image of M83. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the one at the and they're, and yeah. they're, uh Don't they have something that something else that there there's going to be a press press conference surrounding this? Uh, not only are they did they announce it like four or five days ago, but there's supposed to be something else to this. But I can't. Remember. There probably is, and the hits are going to keep on coming. Um, yeah. So and, go ahead. As I'm listening to you talk. Just, um, you know, talk about Einstein and the changing of matter or the extinguishing of matter and all that stuff. It occurs to me that black holes just might be the toilets of the galaxy. <laughs> you are not and the so first, you're not the first person to make that analogy. 
and stinks and then goes into the hole. And just because it goes into the hole doesn't mean that it's gone, that it's extinguished. It just means it's not coming back out of that hole. I think the short end of the discussion, and there is no such thing here on Keep Your Hat On, is (laughs) it's going to be real interesting. But that's what we got time for this episode, everybody. Do us a favor. Tune in again next time. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, on behalf of Christopher Vacano. <laughs> Let's stick a fork in Chris and see if he's done. Let's go. I, I, oh, I'll call him right next, now. I was just going to say the next time I have an opportunity to stick a <laughs> fork we, in shall Chris, we do I it as will. we're wrapping up the show? Yeah. That oh. way at least Chris could make an appearance. A cameo. Uh, a cameo. He's 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 busy. He he's busy doing more important things than this. Maybe David Tennant is available. Ooh, I'm just glad Doctor Don is coming back. Hmm. But until next time, everybody. I am Andrew Scott on behalf of Doctor Mark Peterson and Ty Robert Anthony. We are three hats instead of four, and on behalf of Chris Vacano, I say. Take care of each other, wear your masks, get your shots. We're not done with this dumb virus, but obviously things are getting better. But take care of everybody. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next time because we may end up miles from here. Miles from here. Yeah. Light years (laughs) from here. Light years. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Not staying here. (laughs) I can't I can't get rid of you. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster, available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott, available at AndrewScottMedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com and don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. Once again, I have one hour and 43 minutes of shit to edit. Where's Chris? Is Chris lost in the never-ending emptiness? Or the infinite void? Maybe he's terribly depressed and smiling makes his face ache. And maybe somewhere, Chris. <laughs> I'm just so used to saying it. NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.